0: Hey, baby, Stevie Van Zandt here, and you are listening to the Rock Solid Podcast.
1: Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, so I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. Hey
2: everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis and joining us today in the Zoom room is this guy. I don't even know how to describe him. He's a singer, songwriter, producer, an actor, a guitarist. Please welcome Little Steven Van Zandt, how you doing, Steven? Pascual, how are you? I'm good. Now, I don't even know, I'm not quite sure what to call you because Miami <laughs> Steve, Little Steven, Little Stevie, what do people call you?
0: They call me Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> uh, no, uh, they, they call me uh, Stevie Stevie's
2: Fine. Stevie's Fine. Okay. So, uh, first of all, so many things. Thank you for doing this, first of all there's so many things I want to mention. You have a book coming out this year and it's yeah, end of September. It looks like, yeah. Unrequited infatuations. How long has the book been gestating in your head? I tried it about 10 years ago, uh, 10, 12 years ago. And um,
0: it just wasn't the right time. And I think this last three years of, of um, reconnecting with my, really my life's work, you know, my, my music, um, which I kind of abandoned for a long time. Hook, hooking, hooking back up with it kind of gave me a little bit of closure. And, uh, you know, I was able to at least figure out an ending for this, this chapter of my life anyway. You know, so um, I, 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 I really didn't do it until, started doing it until the quarantine. So it's
2: mostly been done in this, in this past year. All right, so you've utilized your, uh, your free time uh, to do something productive, that's good. I know a lot of people are just sitting around watching Netflix. Uh, maybe watching <laughs> lily hammer but uh, nothing, you know, with that. nothing wrong with that <laughs> i wanted to ask i wanted to ask about lily hammer in doing some research you have a writing credit on every episode so yeah you, do, now uh, no offense were you really in the writer's room or did you come up with story ideas what did little steven do to get that writing credit
0: the, the two creators uh, uh, Anne and I, uh and Iles and I worked for uh oh, about a year before before we um before we shot it figuring out all the plot lines and the characters and uh and uh, the basic premise which was which was tricky you know how much how much english should there be in it um we were really one big experiment um which you know you got to give netflix a lot of credit for making us their first show man yeah you know a show with mostly subtitles very ballsy thing to do um so we had we you know we're trying to figure out we, we wanted to make the norwegian audience happy because it was a local norwegian show right uh but at the same time um you know ILF and ann really wanted to have the first ever norwegian international show you know and of course that's what i wanted too so so we, we had a you know we did a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of guessing, you know, uh, yeah. I think success is basically a thousand good guesses. <laughs> and, uh, so that was the equivalent of the writer's room, if you will. Right. Uh, you know, there was no writer's room really. And, and, and then, um, um, they wanted to do first drafts. Uh, most of the time I, I did first drafts on the last episodes of each of each season uh, basically would, you know, I, they would write it and I I would rewrite some things and go back to them. We pass it back and forth, you know, cause they wanted, you know, they wanted my dialogue to be realistic. So, you know, I, I, I kind of, I probably wrote or rewrote most of what I said, what comes out of my mouth, you know, and other things too, you know, we, 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 um, but, uh, they, they did most of the first draft, but we, we, we discussed every single, every, every, every single moment of it. And, um, had to had to measure how funny should it be, you know, because they're basically comedy writers. But I didn't want to do a straight ahead comedy, you know. Right. It had to be a little bit more of a dramedy, as it's called, you know. Uh, certainly with some humor, but you know, I didn't want anybody trying to be funny. You know, the humor had to come from circumstance and had to come from the character. And so, um, you know, we we had to we had to keep an eye on that the whole time. And yeah, that's uh, tricky. So, so you know, yeah, it really it really was, you know.
2: Okay, cool. Because so sometimes, you know, sometimes when a, a celebrity uh, gets their name on something like that, they can negotiate for writing credit and producer credit. So I'm really happy to know that you were hands-on, in, you know, with dialogue and everything. That's cool. So, excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even, I even directed the final episode. Yep. Yeah, see, that's amazing. You basically learned acting on the job, right? Because right, you, right. you were you were thrust into The Sopranos, could you tell us how that came to be? How did little Steven go from uh, rock and roller to actor? Uh, it was
0: just, uh, you know, one of those silly Hollywood stories of uh, I was inducting the, rock, the Rascals in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It happened to be the first time it was ever broadcast know, uh, the Hall of Fame. It used to be a, a private ceremony. Right. And David Chase, the creator of Sopranos, happened to be watching uh, simple as that, you know, clicking around with the clicker and he and he stopped on a channel that I was on and uh, heard my little three minute intro and um, called up said, you know, I want to have some new faces in this TV show I'm doing, you know, do you and I want you to be in it, you know, and I was like, man, well, I'd like to be in it, Dave, but I'm, I'm not an actor, man, you know. <laughs> sorry, you know, right. and he was like, no, no, you're, you're, you're an actor. You, you just don't know it yet. You know? So, um, I, I went down there and, uh, you know, and, and we ended up, we ended up doing it,
2: you know? How, how nervous are you the first day of shooting? You were with, you know, all these well, heavyweights in acting yeah. David Chase. Yeah. It, it was a trip. It was a trip. Um, but I,
0: I, I, I had written a bio of my character, you know, and I had, um, created a character from the outside in so I, you know i felt if i could look in the mirror mm-hmm. and see this guy then i could be this guy and in the bio uh the guy was fearless so um you know i basically came out of the trailer looking like that guy and <laughs> uh, um and so you know i acted like that guy yeah. and i was you know because i i couldn't have i couldn't have done it you know as little Steven, you know, I couldn't have done it looking like me, but, uh, as long as, you know, I, but being this other guy, you know, I, I just assumed another
2: character and, and that character had no fear. So that's how we did it. you know. So you, you build this from the outside in. And then once you get the costume and the, and the wig on and everything, you're the guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, uh, don't fuck with him, you know, <laughs> cause
2: uh, <laughs> But he's a dangerous guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you just continue to get offered little acting things here and there. You were in The Irishman. You played Jerry Vale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was a thrill to, uh, you know, a, a lifelong dream to work with Scorsese. You know, uh, we run into each other every couple of years. And, uh, you know, uh, and it was just one of those things that um, I, I, I love the book when it came out. I, I didn't know he was going to do the movie, so right. it, it turned out to be one of my favorite one of my favorite mob books I've ever read. So I, I said to everybody, you know, I said to my agents and everybody, I said, you know, if I'm ever in one movie, I want it to be this one, you know. And uh, at the last minute, um, you know, most of most of the big parts were taken right. by terrific, terrific actors. Every every great actor in the world is in yeah. This some stage. guys
2: we've heard of before, I think. <laughs> so you know uh the one thing
0: left you know uh was jerry jerry vale who um if he'd lived you know he would he would have been in it. he would have been in it of course himself but right. uh so, so i you know so i was able to do that just that little cameo even that that few seconds on screen was
2: was a thrill for me and uh i was happy to i was happy to do it you know well i i was excited when i saw it because i was like hold wait a minute hold on a second i know who that guy is so very cool <laughs> I, I loved it one more thing about acting, uh, compared to, uh, you didn't know you were going to talk about acting this much, probably Stephen. Oh, I don't care. I don't <laughs> talk about anything you want, man. I, I got no agenda. <laughs> what gives you more of a thrill stepping on to a soundstage for the first day of filming or stepping on to the stage to do a rock and roll show? Well,
0: but, you know, both those things are fun. Um, you know, performing is fun. And, and um, it's it's what the audience you know knows you as you know you know yeah um but for, for me those things are like icing on the cake and they're not really the cake for me for me the, the, you know the real my identity is really as a writer producer you know that's how i see myself you know um so that that's the stuff i get off on i get off on you know writing songs writing tv uh you know uh, right creating events you know I, I wrote a broadway show uh that we did you know producing tv producing movies producing you know whatever uh cre- creating the creating the creative part yeah. you know the, the creating something from nothing is what i get off on the most um so you know when, when you when, when you get a chance to perform it's kind of a vacation for me you know what i mean that that's kind of the easy the easy, easy part of life yeah, you just you know, you, you the work's already done in 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 a way. You know, you, you just gotta you know bring it to life and you know and and you know uh, get into that get into whatever whatever that character may be, whether it's a rock star or a gangster. Uh, you know, you, you, you know you find that part of yourself that is that you know because we're all rock stars and gangsters inside, right. you know. So you find that that whatever's appropriate for that particular gig. And you, and you be that, you know, but you know, anytime I don't have to think, man, that that's a vacation. And and, uh, so, so, you know,
2: I, I enjoy, I enjoy both both things. You obviously had the rock and roll dream since you were a kid. When did you pivot and get the, you know, get this second career, decide that, Hey, I'd, I'd like to really do some of these other things in uh, film and TV.
0: Never. Uh, I never really, um, I mean, I, I had ideas for the record company when we started. You know, I wanted to, I wanted that to evolve into B movies. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to bring back B movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Roger Corman's a hero of mine, and, and uh, I wanted to bring back that kind of thing. And, and you know, basically, Bring back beach movies and biker movies, and put put the bands in the movies that are that are on the record, you know, on the record label. You know, um, never got around to doing that, unfortunately. Um, and 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 uh, and you know, Robert Rodriguez uh, has been doing a great job with with that whole B movie kind of sensibility. You know, he's a genius, I think. But um, um, so so that was the closest I've I've come to actually having any ambition in the in the film you know, world really. Um, I, I never had any ambition to act at all. So, so when David Chase called me, it was a brand new idea that, um, I was just like, let's give it a shot. You know,
2: that's kind of cool. Cause, uh, you get, you get deep in a career and you think it's going to be one thing and now it's m- tons of things. That's congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's
0: really cool. I think that, I think that, I think that's true about life in general, you know, yeah. You get, you get really good at one thing, and, and I think
2: the world opens up for you, you know? Yeah, very nice. Uh, well, congratulations on that success. Also, Wicked Cool Records, that's your record label. And yes. last, last year, they were nice enough to send me all of these. These are excellent. They're right. These are great. You did an, uh, an excellent job putting uh, your music back out there.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we finally got it remastered uh, first time ever. Yeah. uh, With the Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Rebel Box. And uh, I've had the most productive three years of my life. I mean, (laughs) leading up to the quarantine, you know, uh, uh, honestly, I've done a lot of things in my life, but this past three years, uh, you know, two tours, soul fire tour, summer sorcery tour and six album packages, six. You know, we got a seventh one coming in July, the Summer of Sorcery a live DVD box, you know. So, you know, that's about as much as you can do, man. You know, we, we, I finally got the Lilyhammer score out, you yeah. know, because I had done a score for Lilyhammer and that had never really been released. So I got that out, got the old stuff remastered, two new records, you know, this new, um, you know, uh, Mac and the Mecca, which is a... It, it, it's it's part of the soul fire box now but if people who have the soul fire box can get this thing separately it's a beatles tribute that we did as part of the soul fire tour you know but that was a it was just a wonderful three years and you know good timing because uh, i got that done right before the quarantine hit and, and we even got the, a new East street band record done yeah just yeah before, letter, you know, letter to
2: you that's it's fantastic
1: um,
0: Yeah, that that's waiting to be, that's waiting to be toured. Hopefully someday, um, you know. So, so a lot of, a lot of good work got done in those in that, in that pre- leading up to the quarantine. So,
2: I didn't mind being home for a year. Man, you know, <laughs> no. it's okay with me. Yeah. Look, a lot of times people are like, "I don't have time to do all these things on my list." You have been checking things off your list uh, constantly. Terrific. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and, and 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 it's been busier than ever. I mean. You know, the, the first few weeks of the quarantine were nice because you know yeah, everybody was in like a state of shock, you know. Right. You know, uh, but then soon, you know, uh you start doing lots of things and, and not not just writing a book, but my, my record company, you know, I got I don't know how many artists just got signed now, I must have a dozen. So sending me demos all the time, you know, check out songs, check out mixes, you know, check out, you know, the recording, uh, you know, we got the, the music history curriculum online, which was, which was really good timing to have it online Yeah, because the perfect. teachers were able to use that. Yeah. We got over 250 lessons online and it's all free for teachers. So they've been using that, you know, over 40,000 teachers have registered. Uh so that, that was that was good timing to have that thing online. Most of my DJs of both my stations on Sirius Satellite actually work from home already, so we didn't have to make many, many changes for the yeah. Not too much but, of a pivot you know, on you know. this. But, but you had to make some, you know, so we had to take care of some of that. And the radio, of course, with the radio show every week, you know, I gotta listen to lots of records because we picked one coolest song in the world this week, every right. week. And uh, you know,
2: so there was plenty to do. You know, it got it got very busy very quickly. Who are a couple of the new artists coming out on Wicked Cool Records that we should uh, we should pay attention to? I mean, we should pay attention to all of them, but who's uh, <laughs> who's really got you excited? Um, you know, we, we, we got so
0: many. I, I hate I hate that I hate the you know. Okay, favorite. I understand. I get it. It's no, like but, you're... Uh, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of the new the new stuff that's coming. Um, Cocktail Slippers have a new album coming. That's going to be really excellent. Uh, we just released uh, Mark Ribbler's new album. He's my my music director from the Disciples of Soul. Okay, and uh, he's been you know he's been writing and, and recording for years, but uh, I think this album is is finally you know really captures uh, his talent. So so Mark Ribbler's new one, Cocktail Slippers, is coming. Uh, what's out right now? Um, I think Jesse Mallon may have a new, a oh. new one out. I love know? Jesse. He's been on the show. I love him. Yeah. And he's, he's doing great. We actually got him on the charts last year. I mean, I couldn't believe it. You know, uh, the
2: real charts, like, like the real, like, like <laughs> that's, billboard. That's when, the rec- that's when you know that you're doing your job. The record label's doing its job. If it gets the guy in the, no, it, was, it was, it was scary, man. It was freaky, you know? uh, <laughs> Who else? I don't
0: know. we got so many, so many great artists. We really do. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Hamilton and, 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 and the Harlequin Ghosts. Uh, I don't know. Um,
2: so many, we got, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. We talked a little bit about the rock and roll hall of fame earlier, because that's where David Chase saw you. Uh, you finally got inducted class of 2014 as a member of the E street band. Uh, how exciting was that for you? Well, it's nice, you know,
0: because because, you know, I I really do respect the institution and and, and, uh, you know, I'm on a nominating committee, so I know how hard it is to get in and it's hard to get in. Um, There's a lot of a long line of of, of very deserving artists waiting to get in. So it was a thrill, you know, to be in in there with, you know, a lot of my heroes and, uh, you know,
2: it's just nice, nice. Let me ask you, this might be another one of those tough questions. If you were given a golden ticket, with that golden ticket, you can put someone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now. Who do you think is the most deserving in your wheelhouse? Things that you like, who who would you put in there? Oh, man. I, I would have to say it would be the Jay Giles band,
0: you know? Um, oh, that's a good I, choice. I, I, I just think, I just think they're, they're one of the greatest live bands in history. Peter Wolf continues to be one of the great frontmen of all time.
1: Yep. You got to give it to me. You so slick and hook, don't give a trick me now. You know I want it. I want it so bad.
0: Um, you know, they did 10 or 11 or 12 just solid rocking albums, uh, uh, keeping keeping the blues alive, uh, yeah. you know. Um, they picked up, you know, the, they kind of picked up the blues flag, you know, from Paul Butterfield, blues band, you know. Um, and there weren't many people playing blues in those days, keep no. in mind. You know, nope. you know, we had, you know, Butterfield here, we had John Mayall in England who, who also deserves to be in. Um, and, uh, and then, and then, uh, the Jay Giles band really, uh, was one of the few, you know, playing, you know, blues slash rock, you know, and, and, and soul, you know, mixing, mixing those things together. Yeah.
2: But if I had, you know, if I could put one, one, one band in right now, it, it would be them. Wow. That's a great, I, I love, I mean, that, that choice did not disappoint. That's fantastic. That's a great one. Have they, have they been on the ballot yet? Well, they've been in and out. Yeah, they've you yeah. know off off and on and you know and
0: uh you know we'll get them in eventually cuz they just it's, they're just too good and yeah. you know and too classic, you know, but um it's tough. It's tough to get in. Like I said, it's a long line. Oh, it's tough. Uh, you know, we only get 5 or 6 every year, you know. And, and uh it's tough.
2: It's tough to get in. I want to go way way back now to uh 1976 with your work with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes.
3: It's sweeter than honey.
2: You were you were their manager, producer, and kind of the chief song songwriter for that band. Yeah, yeah. At a um, young age. Me
0: Johnny, Well, yeah, it was the first thing. I it was the first real entry into the business, you know, for me. You know, the uh, first thing I produced. Um, uh, me and Johnny started the band, and, and so we, we were kind of like we treating it like the you know the white the white salmon Dave. You know, we were kind of two lead singers at first. And then uh, once I joined up with Bruce, you know, um, I wanted to get them a record deal and um kind of start to separate myself from the band. Right. Uh you know, a little bit. Although, you know, I kept, you know, I, I did three albums with them and um, you know, sang some sang some harmony on those records and played played a few solos and uh wrote wrote most of the stuff on those first three albums um th- that were originals yeah and uh and then and then took a break and then we did the we did we did a reunion record uh years later in the early 90s called better days which uh was one of one of the best ones um
2: you johnny and bruce sing a song together on that album
0: yes yeah yeah i wrote a song about about uh us being in asbury park in, in the late 60s and uh yeah very very proud of that actually But yeah, it was, that was the first time I entered the business. That was the first song I ever wrote that I liked was yeah. was I don't want to go home, which was the first song on the album and, 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 and the name of the album.
3: Oh, well, I know that it's getting late, but I don't want to go home. I'm in no hurry, baby, time can wait because I don't want to go to the man sing his song but I don't
2: Ronnie Spector's on that first album, too. Yeah, yeah. I
0: had had just come off what they call the oldie circuit, okay, which was a very bizarre moment in time Uh, around 1973. There suddenly was a rush of nostalgia about the 50s and early 60s. And it was tr- it was a, tra- a tragic story, really, because the British invasion that came in '64, you know, Beatles, Stones, Who, Kinks, yeah. Yardbert, all of those groups that came in, in that first year, first year and a half of the British invasion, had the un- unintended consequence of of putting all of their heroes out of work. So, all, so the entire, all the pioneers of rock and roll, suddenly in the, in the prime of their lives, some of them, you know, in the 30s, early 40s. Were suddenly put out the pasture you know it was this a real unfortunate moment in our in our history you know um and they and they were relegated to this thing called the oldies circuit even though they're in their 30s you know yeah. suddenly they're old you know and they hated that term you know anyway i ended up doing it um just by circumstance a long story it's in the book you'll read it later okay cool well, but uh, uh, but basically I, I ended up being one of the backup band for a group called the dovells and then, and then later with Dion. So I got a chance to meet all of these people, and they were just great. You know, they're, they're, they're a different level of quality. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could say that and generalize uh, very comfortably. You know, the, the 50s guys and early 60s guys uh, and, and ladies, just another level of quality. Okay. Because they, mm-hmm. they had to be. Things didn't get fixed in those days. You yeah. know, you sang it live. And you had to be in tune, and you had to sing the right thing, and you had to be great every yeah. single time, you know. And, and so, and so, well, as soon as I got in the studio, uh, I felt like, you know, I want to, I want to remind people, I want to, I want to show some gratitude first of all uh, to these to these pioneers, but also I want to show people that they're still great, you know, and and they shouldn't be just you know tossed away. So yeah, we got Ronnie Spector out of retirement, and we got Lee Dorsey out of retirement. For the second album, this time it's for real. We reunited the coasters.
3: After the music had stopped, I still heard it.
0: Then, you know, I mean, Bruce would bring back Gary U.S. Bonds later, and uh, I I just did the first album for Darlene Love. You know, her first hit was He's a Rebel. That's her number one record, Singing with the Crystal, 1962, I believe. Just did her first album a few years ago. So, you know, at the age of 73, we did Introducing Darlene Love, which is, (laughs) you know, she's phenomenal still. She's absolutely phenomenal. The greatest, I think, the greatest singer in the world. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> You know, so I, I you know, every opportunity I got, you know, I, I would I would try and remind people that these pioneers are still around and they're still great, you know, and and hire them and, and you know they give a very entertaining show, you know, because they're real pros, yeah. you know, uh, and, and so you know that was that was the whole the whole idea, and, and Southside uh, agreed with that, and we had a terrific record company guy. A very unique man named Steve Popovich, who um, also went along with these crazy ideas that no one else on earth would have gone along with. Yeah, so in, you know, 76, 76,
2: 77, you guys want to bring the satins in. I mean, a lot of record companies would be like, What are we doing here? I thought we were making uh you know exactly some con- current rock and roll.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a weird thing to do. And we and we do a, a doo-wop song on that, on that on this time it's for real called First Night. Baby. God, we had, you know, Steve Popovich was just one of those crazy cats that, you know, destiny, you know, led us to, uh, Bruce introduced me to him and, and, um, and said, he's the guy for you. And man, he he was so right. You know, we miss him. We miss him a lot.
2: Well, I wanted to ask about these uh, artists because I know that you love that music and uh, it must've been a kick for you to work with them and to get them work and to bring them back, you know, to the, to the mainstream. Definitely, definitely,
0: and and you know, I had I, I I the biggest surprise for me was was Gary U.S. Bonds because Bruce had that idea, you know, and I'm I'm looking at all the great singers that are still, still around. I'm like you know Wilson Pickett and and Benny King and you know, and I'm like you sure Gary U.S. Bonds? You know, <laughs> I, you know I didn't really understand that you know because you know his records were, were great, but they're party records and right, right you know it's not like it literally made in the garage you know. Uh, and and man, was I fooled. We got in the studio with Gary Respond, turns out to be one of the greatest soul singers of all time, man. Uh, and we made the first album and actually had a hit from it, which was incredible. Yes, she. Uh, And then we made a second album with him, which very few people have ever heard. Uh, We got to make sure that those things get get re-released and remastered and everything. But the the second album, Bruce wrote practically the entire album. It's It's, all like Bruce Springsteen. It's incredible. it's It's one of my favorite, favorite productions I've ever done. It's just a great, great, great album that very few people heard. So we did, you know, two albums with Gary and I, and I even did a track for a third album that Gus started called Standing in the Line of Fire. Um,
2: and, but he had a whole second career from that, which was great. The only reason I know of Gary U.S. Bonds is because of the work that you guys did with him. You know, I was, uh, oh, you, you know, you know uh, late teens uh, when those records came out that you guys did. So thank you. I, I you know, it's always, yeah. it's always great to be introduced to these. I mean, there's so much music. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's not possible to know it all. But when you do find something that you know and you love, it's, it's great. It's like a gift.
1: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Let me talk about some Bruce era stuff was, was darkness on the edge of town. Was that like the first album that you were fully involved with, with Bruce? Yes. I, 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 have
0: been, I visited uh, the, the born to run sessions. Yeah. Just you know as, as, as a friend hanging out, but yeah, darkness was the first, uh, yes, I did full time.
2: And then uh, and then after that the river and then after that bruce does nebraska and then this is where you do your first proper solo album men without women
0: yeah i actually did two albums um i started i started uh, you know I, I became co-producer on the river mm-hmm. and co-produced born in the usa right. and, and 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 then they took like a break and um I did. I don't know. I did not. If I, I forget how many songs are on there, eleven or twelve songs on there. Uh, I did. Uh, I did nine or ten of them. Let me see. No, I must have done a nine of the twelve. If there's twelve, uh, and and then they took a little break, and and I did two two entire albums. Yes. And two tours, you know, and 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 came back, and they had, and they had added three songs uh, to Born in the USA. Um, <laughs> they they, t- they took you know, two two of my tours and two of my albums and, and they did they added three more songs and uh
2: <laughs> in the time that you playing. did all that they did three songs is what you're saying yeah, yeah, okay yes
0: <laughs>
2: but they were good ones <laughs> yeah they were yeah. good ones Now I can remember seeing uh I think Forever, the video for Forever on MTV, and I immediately loved it. It was so the band looks so cool. Who's uh I don't know how to say his name? The the Mohawk guy from the Jean, plasma. Jean, 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 Beauvoir. Jean Beauvoir. I mean, you see that guy, he's rock and roll immediately as soon as you see him. And uh, yeah, I, I just love men without women. So you'd been, had you been writing songs and holding them though for yourself uh, for no. a possible student? No, no. Again, just, just like my acting
0: career, you know, <laughs> I wasn't, I was not planning on a solo career either. Okay. Uh, yeah. My life is weird, man. You know, I mean, the more you think about it, you know, my life always comes through the side door, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know why that is. This is This my destiny, but, but, uh, um, a guy named Gary Gersh, uh, who was, um, well actually the guy who signed Gary U.S. bonds, uh, right. to, um, EMI America, which was a new, a new, uh, label for, for EMI. Um, he said, you know, uh, why don't you do a solo record, you know, um, which I never really, uh, had any, really any thoughts of doing. Yeah, And, um, So I got, I got, I kind of got into it and 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 did that and and that that first album, you know, um, and one thing led to another, and
2: uh, you know, became it became five albums in the eighties. Yeah, and uh, this first album has such great songs on "Lying in the Bed of Fire" is terrific.
0: Thank you I, I i had gotten into you know politics um you know just accidentally again like most of my life and and, and um, i wanted to open the album I, I knew the first album had to be more of an introduction to my to my to me as a as now a solo performer as opposed to a sideman which is a different persona a different character you know a different movie, you know. Right. Uh, so so I changed, you know, the name changed to, to little Steven and, and uh, just to separate the two things. And and um, and, and I knew I, I had to identify myself on that first album, which I mostly did. It's, it's more of a personal album. I just, you know, I, I just uh, was about to get married uh, to my wife. So it was a lot so a lot, a lot of the albums about Maureen. Uh, but I but I decided I would open the album with a song that was going to be My real mission, if I continued making records, which was going to be in a political in a political uh, vein, you know, so that first song uh, line in the Bed of Fire" talks about basically the theme that would run through most of my five albums in the '80s, uh, which was you know what happened to all the ideals of the '60s. We uh, we all talked about you know uh, what happened. You know uh, you know we were going to change the world what happened yep. you know, where, where, those ideals go, where, where all those great, those great ideas and, and the wonderful passion and, and emotions and, and grandiose sort of, you know, uh, fantasies about, about a brand new world, man, you know, what happened? Uh, so that, you know, that was, that asked that question.
2: And, 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 would, and of course the next, the next four albums would be very specifically political. And to use your creative voice, you know, to get thoughts and ideas out there, it's just as important as just making, you know, fun rock and roll albums. I mean, it, it might, it's probably oh, more yeah. important. Well, at the, at the time, you know,
0: uh, growing up in the Renaissance, and I, I call that period the Renaissance, you know, from, I don't know, around, around 20, 25 years from, from the early 50s to the mid 70s, you know, it was really, it really was a Renaissance period. And, um, and and you had to have a very, a very specific, uh, unique identity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, so I thought, you know, the world doesn't need love songs from a side man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I got into politics. Maybe I'll I'll be the political guy. You know that that'll right. be my identity. You know, um, you know, there were a lot of a lot of musicians um, getting involved in in, in issues uh, as far as protest. You know, and 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 uh, doing concerts for various issues. You know, Jackson Brown did everything, man. Yeah, you know, no Monty Nukes. Ray, and, uh, and Graham Nash, and John Hall, and you know these cats. You know, I I would never, I could never work as hard as they work. But I, but but you know, but very few people and very few songs actually were capturing that that kind of subject matter. You know, uh, you'd have one every now and then. You know, you'd have. Um, Buffalo Springfield for what right. it's worth, you know, sure. he stills, uh, you'd have uh, Volunteers of America from Jefferson Airplane, you know. Um, but you're going back uh, to the 60s for these songs. Right. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, and the, the the ultimate, you know, I mean, Bob, first of all, Bob Dylan, you know, kind of introduced the whole idea of, of political consciousness into the pop idiom, you know. Uh, and, and then you had the, you know, the most, the most notable, of course, was Neil Young's uh, "Ohio" with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yeah. You know, uh, but but you know, those were one-offs here and there. You know, I mean, you'd have a song here, a song there. Yeah. And I decided, you know, I, I'm going to do it full time. You leaned nothing into nothing but politics and be very extreme about it uh with the thought of making it a regular normal part of our business rather yeah. than something that has to be a special event a special concert for an issue i was like you know we should be engaged in things all the time you know and, and you know it doesn't have to be full-time like me you don't have to be extremist like me but you know, let's make it okay for young young groups to see what's possible with our with, our, with this art form. You know, let's let's take this art form out for uh, you know out for a spin. Let's see what we can do with it. You know.
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, and EMI America, they were they were on board with it, obviously. Well, <laughs> yeah, they they, they, <laughs> they uh, I laughed because you know
0: I didn't ask them, and and uh, you know I'm not sure they got. I'm not sure they got what they expected, to be honest. I mean, okay. I mean, the first album was OK, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure they, you know, I'm not sure they were expecting what 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 I gave them, you know, because I, I was making it up as I went along and, and I didn't really discuss it with anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they might have been a little bit surprised thinking again. You know, they signed this very fun, you know, you know the East Street Band was the, was the was the rock and roll Rat right. Pack, and and I'm, and I'm Dean Martin, man. So you know they sign this fun guy, and uh, suddenly he's getting all serious, and, uh, and you know what, what is all this politics stuff, you know. So I'm, I'm sure they were they were not thrilled in the boardroom. I, I I'm guessing, but yeah. but uh, they tolerated me at least for one more record <laughs> and then uh i had to look elsewhere for my third record but uh, uh so so yeah they, i am I'm, I'm, i i do not think they were that thrilled about it to be honest right. but uh but you know well uh, voice,
2: they were cool. they were cool enough. voice of america is fantastic You dropped the Disciples of Soul though on that album, name? Yeah, I, which um, you know,
0: whatever. I mean, you know, I, I, I really, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. Probably just confusing, but, um, uh, I, I started to uh, wander away from soul music. Ah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, dropped the horns at that point, you know, and um, I just, I just, it was the beginning of. You know, and I look back, believe me, I look back and I question whether I did the right thing or not. But but uh, it was the beginning of me um, having a, the sound and music on every album uh, directly related to the theme of that record. Yeah. You know, rather than having a career per se where you have one identity and that's who you are, you know, which would, would have made much more sense. Uh, and I might have even had a career had I done that, you know. <laughs> uh every single one of my albums of the of the of the 80s is completely different musically yes because they are the soundtrack to a different movie each one you know and um so um you know i thought well soul you know disciples of soul even though it would have made sense to keep it uh and i should have probably kept the name at least but i thought since i'm letting the horns go you know maybe i'll let the I let the, uh, you know, the soul, the soul part of the name go, which uh, I probably shouldn't have done that because that, that was even made even more confusing, you know? Yeah. Uh, But at that point I wanted to do something harder edged. I wanted to start making, you know, more of a rock, rock records. And um, you know, it was, it was, the, the, the subject matter
2: wanted something a little bit tougher, you know? Gotcha. So voice of America comes out in May of 84 and then, Born in the USA comes out in June of '84,
1: <laughs>
2: and, and you decide not to go on the tour for Born in the USA. How how did yeah. that decision come about?
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, business genius going on right there. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't know how I missed this information, but I didn't know that, that Bruce was going to call it Born in the USA. So. So I come out with Voice of America with all this, you know, American flags everywhere, and, right, right. you know, red, white, and blue. And, and then he comes out with the same thing three months later, you know. Uh, so my my album was immediately dead on arrival because people were like, why should we play the Sideman's record when we can play the real guy's wow. record? Yeah, you know, the main yeah. guy, you know. So nobody ever heard that Voice of America record, but it was just funny. You know, came out right on top of it and with and, and, and the same the same marketing red, white, and blue and American flags, yeah. and, you know. Uh, yeah, even you know. Anyway, um uh, I decided to uh pursue what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And um you know I kind of had awakened the artist uh, in me which um you know, was, was had been pretty dormant. I mean, you know, other than the songwriter part of that, which which yeah. I had been exercising through the Jukes. You know, just I thought I felt it was time to, um, you know, to 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 become to fully, fully embrace the artist's part of my my myself. You know.
2: So, so was it an easy decision or a difficult decision to not? tour with the E Street Band for that run.
0: Very difficult, very difficult. And uh and looking back, I I wish I, I, you know, I wish I could have stayed and 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 accomplished what I accomplished by leaving. You know, I wish I could have done both things. Uh because everything I accomplished and everything I know in the world, I learned after I left the E Street Band. Yeah. Um but you know looking back, you know, I I wish I could have found a way to do both things, which is Probably unrealistic, of course, um, but it's a very difficult decision. And um, one I question, you know, oh, about every two three hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you're back now, so all is good. But at the time, what was uh, well, what was Bruce's reaction? Was he was he upset? Did he try to talk you into staying? Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing, you
0: know. Because, you know, we felt like we were just on the verge of something really big. I mean, we had broken through with the river, which was a major. Yeah. The most important thing was breaking breaking through, finally. Our fifth album. took five albums. It's crazy. You know, and, and, you know, but now there was was momentum, you know, for this next one that was going to be even bigger. You know, so we were best friends. And, you know, Bruce wanted me to share, you know, share that 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 experience with yeah. him you know Sure. and so he, he was very disappointed that i left and uh, you know and i and i and i you know like i say i regret i regret leaving um uh, and i wish i could have figured out a way to do both
2: yeah they found a great not a replacement but uh nils comes in he does great and then when you come back now the fans get all three guitarists we get you bruce and nils and it's fantastic yeah, well I was replaced by two
0: people. Uh you know, Neil <laughs> Nils for the guitar and, and and Patty Scalfa for the vocals. Oh, that's true. That's uh, true. Right. So apologies so, um, to Patty. Yeah, no, no, because um you know, she 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 comes and goes when she can because you know, she's got other responsibilities uh these days with you know with with with, with the kids and and stuff. But, but um but it was um you know, so, so yeah, it became a bigger, it became a bigger band. And then I came back in and, um, you know, my role. You know, it wasn't so much important. It wasn't so important as the guitar player, mm-hmm. or a singer, you know, really, my role really is the best friend, <laughs> you know, Bruce Brinkstein, you know, That's and, right. and, 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 I, and I, that is something that you can't replace. You know what i mean you can't yeah. really replace that and you can't really uh you know it's one of those things that um that, that makes us a band yeah you know when you got somebody who, who you've known your whole life standing next to you you know it it feels more real it, it's more it's more of a real experience than, yeah. than um than something that you know you've you've grown into uh so, so, you know, it, it, it was important, I think, to come back for that kind of closure for us and uh, and to continue, you know, seeing what we can do. I mean, this new album, we just did, man. You know, it's amazing. It ain't no joke. No, it's <laughs> you not. Know, it's, like you said, you know.
2: <laughs> those songs need to be played live. Yeah. They're begging yeah, to mean, be played live.
1: I hear the sound of your guitar.
2: back to the band there was like it's it's a it's a comfort knowing that the foundation is still intact you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah There's the four you got the four originals you know still me gary max and and roy you know know, four 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 out of uh you know uh five counting Bruce, of course but five out of the original seven you know uh we we lost clarence and danny along the way but, but um yeah, so we still have a, a rock solid connection to to the original the original band for sure. I, I mean, uh, it was a tricky you know tricky moment, uh, you know, uh, figuring out how to continue, uh, you know, especially especially with Clarence, you know, but but uh, Jake Jake really was a was a was a godsend and uh, really um, helped make that transition, you know,
2: Yeah, because he's family. He's, you know,
0: yeah. And that, 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 that blood connection was yeah very important at that moment, you know? So that was, that was the way we were able to keep it East street band because without him, you know,
2: you know, maybe it would have morphed into something else. It would have morphed into some other, you know, the audience immediately accepted Jake because his last name is Clemens. I mean, it's, yeah. It's true. But I mean, he, obviously he has to be great, but immediately people are like, this, this is how it should be. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I, I tell the whole story in the book. Cause it was, it, it's a tricky, very tricky moment, a very, very tricky moment. And we, um, you know, we, we had to really spend some time thinking about it and talking about it. Cause uh, you know, things are not inevitable, you know, you're not, you yeah. know, you know, just, you know, uh, continue automatically. I you know, think these things need need to be figured
2: out. How often, when you're playing live with the E Street Band in the present, do you feel do you feel Danny or or Clarence there? Are they always there in some way? Yeah, you know
0: that. You know they they really are. I mean, you know. I will look over sometimes you know and 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 I love Charlie you know yeah I really do he he turned out to be just perfect and terrific you know but I you know I'm not thinking I'll, I'll you know expect to see Danny sometimes you know uh, or Clarence and uh you know and you have to remember oh yeah you know uh, but their spirit uh is very very much there uh, with us
2: uh, we salute them every every night uh, that's right. I, I I was assuming that would be the way because it, they're just, they're just embedded in the music. They're there. Yeah, that's right. And it lives on, they, they live on, you know,
0: uh, both, both very unique, you know, ne- neither one of those guys, you, you don't replace guys like that. You know, right. you just, you just, you, you become something different. You soldier so we're, we're, you on. Know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have enough identifiable, elements to continue to call it the East Street Band. Right. But it's a different East Street Band. It is a different East Street You yeah.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place
2: for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to talk about 1989's album Revolution. This is the one in your catalog to me that really takes a left turn musically. It almost sounds like your version of a Prince album. Maybe it's just <laughs> it's just uh, it's just different for me. It's uh, if I can be honest, it's not my favorite. In the Little Steven catalog, yeah, no, you're
0: not alone. It, it was it was confusing for people. I, I was heading there in that direction uh, um, a little bit subtly, uh-huh. but the the album before that, Freedom No Compromise, and also the experimenting I was doing on the Sun City album, yes, uh, had been I'd been getting into the drum machine and 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 and, and the electronic bass stuff. So you you yeah. you you already had. Two albums before that, uh, beginning that process of of combining rock with dance music, uh, and I just felt at that moment, uh, I, you know, I wanted to experiment, and and, and the theme of that record um, was about alienation, and, and I wanted to I wanted it to be the only human element on the album. I wanted it to be the voice, you know. Okay. I wanted it to be very mechanical, you know, very mechanized very technological because that was the theme of the of the album Yeah, it wasn't much, wasn't a whole lot of rock on there. I mean, there's a couple of solos, uh, obviously a couple of rock you know rock guitar solos, but mostly um, it's it's uh, it's it's funk. It's really deep, it really heavy is, yeah. funk, you know. And there's a little bit of Prince in there. There's George Clinton in there. There's a lot of Sly and Family Stone in there. Um, a lot of the rest of a lot of funk going on at the time. Yeah, you know, and I was totally into it. Uh, and, and um, you know, I was just like, you know, I'm not going to be afraid of this technology. Let me jump into it <laughs> and, well, uh, and see what see what see what happens. You know, yeah. uh, I was again, I was not thinking clearly uh, in terms of a career. You know, because um, it, it was very confusing for the fans. You know, you're not the only one. I mean, people, you know, are just starting to get into it now because yeah. it sounds like. Bruno Mars' next album, you know, right. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's actually quite a high quality album. It's just not rock and roll, you know, right? Uh, and so, so, you know, if you kind of go into it with a different head frame of mind, you know, if you put Bruno Mars' name on the album, people would love it, you know. Uh, but because it was me, you know, and I had this, they had this rock identity, which was really a leftover from the association with the e street band, yeah. you know, mostly, um, you know, people were, were a little confused by it, but, but, you know, when given a chance, you know, people are, are, you know, looking at it, looking at it differently now and they're starting to get into it now. But, um, uh, I, the, I, you know, I took that as far as I could take it and I got that, you know, kind of just, it just kind of left my system after that. And I came back and, 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 um, did, uh, well, I did. did three three albums that same year. I mean, uh, that right, same yeah, year, yeah. I did. The, I did the Revolution tour, and I came back and wrote "Born Again Savage," and and um, and this other album called "The Lost Boys," which has never come out. Uh, I'll, I'll get that out one of these days. That's the only thing that left on the shelf.
2: Well, let's talk uh, about "Born Again Savage" because this is. It's like a power trio. You have a uh, quite a rhythm section on this album. You got. Adam Clayton from U2 and Mm -hmm. Jason Bonham from, well, from everywhere. He's just played on so many things. How did you get these guys involved? Yeah. I, uh, I,
0: I just, you know, like I said, I got, I kind of got the whole modern world technology thing. It just kind of left my system after that, Mm -hmm. after revolution. And suddenly I really, you know, and through, through the years, you know, once you start becoming a front man, um, uh, you you start to you know your identity changes in your head and mm-hmm. so I was playing less and less guitar as the as the decade went on you know okay. uh, so by 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 revolution I'm I'm not playing hardly at all you yeah. know uh, and, and so suddenly I had a, I had a real urge to play guitar again and and, um, and I and I made two completely guitar records with no keyboards uh, and, and and including Born Against Savage which was like a sixties. I wanted to make a 60s hard rock record because I love I love that whole sixties hard rock thing from you know Cream and Jeff Beck group and you know, Jimi Hendrix experience and, and you know early Led Zeppelin and and uh you know bad company and the Who and the Kinks, you know. So I wanted to make that album and um uh, I've demoed it and 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 put it on the shelf and I'm I'm uh we were doing a residency. At, at a place called the Cat Club in Manhattan, it's no okay. longer there. Um, um I had done a record with Michael Monroe, and we formed a new, a, a kind of a a, a neo punk band
2: called Demolition Twenty Three. Is that Michael Monroe from Hanoi Rocks?
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. And and and, and um, I, I got to re-release that record this year. It's a terrific album. Um, it was a real, it's a, but it's real punky, really mm-hmm. traditional punk. It's like a real Ramones and Pistols kind of nice. punk perfect and um and yeah it's one of my favorite records i've ever done and um uh of course we took it around the record companies and they said punk is over you know and then like 3 years later here comes green day and offspring and right. all of these modern punk you know groups anyway um we got to get that back out But but um, so we're doing a residency, and, and Adam Clayton, you know, walks in one night, and we're just talking. He's like, "What do you got?" I said, "Man, hey, you know, I got some things, you know, uh, including this this rock record I, I, I've done. I, I you know, so I put it on the shelf. I don't really know what to do with it." And he says, "Well, I got I got a you know I got a couple of weeks off. You know, let's go let's go let's go make the record." Wow. So, so yeah, I mean, it was literally Adam Clayton's enthusiasm. That got that record made. And uh we were like, well, you know, who'd be the perfect drummer? And um I'm like, well, it's a real 60s hard rock record. So, you know, uh, I bet you, I bet you, you know, John Bonham's son, Jason, would, would really understand this yeah, stuff. You know, perfect. And and we just uh I just I don't know, I just called him out of the blue, found, found him, and he was into it. You know, I never hadn't met him before. Uh, you know, Adam I knew, but but uh so so he came in, and, and we, we knocked it off in about a week.
1: We are the chosen ones, that's what they told me. we got the power, the money, the guns. If there's a God, he is white. and on our side. You'll believe anything when you are young. We are
3: the civilized, they
1: always told me. As that was told I found it more honest Exploring the darkness
2: played live in the studio together well i had them had them replace the parts you know okay uh, we we did
0: some things that way but but um a lot of it was
2: replacing the parts i had okay well i mean Um, this album uh it kicks ass i mean guns (laughs) drugs and gasoline i mean this is a this is a i love this record so much and it's uh it's so different from revolution it's like you do a little bit of everything it's 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 pretty cool. I know. I am pretty schizophrenic.
0: It is true. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but I, you know, I, I don't I do not do it lightly. I mean, you know, when I make a funk record, it's going to be all the way funk. You know, and when I make a rock, record, it's going to be all the way rock. It just so happened, you know, like I said, the, the, the technology, the modern technology thing just went out of my system with that revolution record. I was done. I was like, you know, I'm I'm going back to I'm going back to to the, to the
2: beginning here. And uh and and born born again savage popped out, you know. I want to just mention the the two most previous albums then 2017 Soulfire, uh excellent. It's and you finally got to do your version of Love in the Wrong Side of Town and it's terrific. <laughs> I really like it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. You and Bruce wrote that together. So, cool. Yes. Uh, And then uh, 2019 Summer of Sorcery you put the uh, disciples of soul name back on the records on this record and it's uh, Yeah, well both, both yeah. Yeah. We returned
0: to we return to the original sound yeah. and and you know basic basic uh, instrumentation of, of my first solo album. So yeah, disciples of soul made a return here. Yes, they did. And uh, and then I added the harmony, which I I never had harmony, but when I did the Darlene Love albums, you know, she had three backup singers that were just terrific, and I fell in love with 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 figuring out harmony parts, you know, because mm-hmm. I love the whole jigsaw puzzle of production. Arranging is my favorite part of it, and so I already got the horns and strings, and now you know you add the harmony parts. And figuring out you know where those things fit together, and so they don't step on each other, and you know, uh, are used to their most maximum effectiveness is, is just nothing but fun for me. I, I just love that. So I added that final element of of harmony with with the three girls, and uh, and that's how you get a fourteen piece band. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I appreciate your enthusiasm for what you do after all these years. You are. You're not ready to retire. There's no retirement in uh, in your no, future. Nah, no. nah. just getting started, man. This is a whole <laughs> new report. You uh, you mentioned your wife Maureen earlier. Uh, you've been married the whole time since uh, this is it. 80, Eighty-two. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's not easy. Uh, no,
0: no, no. She's a saint. She's, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's uh, quite, quite. Uh, I don't know how she tolerates me, but uh, it's miraculous, you know. And you guys are staying safe. Have you been vaccinated yet? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We're safe. You know, we're still, we're still playing it safe, even though yeah. we're vaccinated. I mean, Same it's uh, it's just a scary, scary moment, you know. And and uh, you can see what's happening in India. You know, they were, yeah, they were completely disease free. They thought they were done. You know, and then boom, you know, it comes out of nowhere and and they're they're just really in big trouble at the moment. So, you know, we'll see what the rest of this year. uh, Hopefully the vaccinations will continue and uh, and these, you know, anti-vax people will uh, come to their senses, I hope. Yeah.
2: And yeah, chill out a little bit. And I told my wife today that for me, a mask is going to be optional clothing. If I want to, if whenever I want to wear it, I'm going to wear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm never shaking anybody's hand again. I mean, that that's over,
2: you know. I yeah, mean, the things that, like that. Are, you
0: know,
2: how will that play into uh, wanting fans who want to meet you in person and get autographs and stuff? How, what's going to happen? We're, we're just talking about that today. I mean, honestly, it's a it's a very good question,
0: and we're just talking about it today, uh, figuring out some kind of way of doing a meet and greet that's going to be you know safe for everybody. Yeah. You know, you don't want to take pictures with masks on. You know, right? That's weird. So, you know, <laughs> unless, uh, I should have my. I should have a picture like put onto a mask, right? So like, Just it have looks your like, mouth on the mask. It's like your face, yeah, a big with, smile, mouth and, <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: but, uh, but, but certainly no, no more, no more physical contact.
0: That's best for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah it's tough. Let me tell people where they can find you. Go to littlesteven.com. On Twitter, it's at Stevie Van Zant. On Instagram, it's at Stevie Van Zant. And for the Underground Garage on Twitter, it's at Little Steven underscore UG for under Underground Garage, I believe. Is that right? I think so. Not underground Garage.com. I was given the Twitter. But yeah, Underground, oh, 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 underground oh, com also. And uh, yeah, the label's oh, okay. Wicked Cool Records. And I have to be honest, it. it it lives up to the name. It's a wicked cool <laughs> record label. And we got
0: uh, lots, lots of great talent. Lots of lots of great talent. And, and you know, I put our record label
2: against anybody's, honestly. In terms yeah, of you guys character. are doing great work. I get uh, press releases all the time from you guys, new artists all the time. And this is the place to get your back catalog, uh, the best it sounds, and, you know, with DVDs and concerts and all kind of great stuff. So, yeah. Stephen, there's only one more question for you i always end the show with a playout song what song from your entire catalog would you like me to use as our playout song
0: wow 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 well um since you brought up born against savage uh, maybe something from that huh you want to go out
2: with uh, guns drugs and gasoline what do you think I I think that I don't think you can end the show better than that. So, Stephen, thank you for your time. You guys can follow us at Rock Solid Show and go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And everybody, please enjoy guns, drugs, and gasoline. Thank you, Stephen.
0: Thank you, my friend.
2: maureen stay safe and yeah we'll do do it we'll do it again when the book comes out that would be great thank you steven yeah i want you i want you to read it
0: first Uh, well i definitely will